We got a great interview with Carl Truman coming up. That won't be on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We're still suspended from YouTube. We, I think we got three more days left. I prefer to call more. it timeout. So, but that, do- you can actually stream live our show in the app. Oh. And on our website. Oh. You guys can go to fightlifefeast.com and you right there. there's a button right there. Stream live from the website. Really? Right there. See, see YouTube is making us do stuff yep. that we should have done in the beginning. That's good for us. But we didn't do. Thank you, YouTube. And so, yep. and, and, salute. And, and it's been canceled. Sign up for our email list, too. We're going to get canceled all over the place as yep. as time we, goes we'll on. We'll stay in touch yeah. with you. And so we can be directly in contact with you guys you and know where who, we're going. Who else has been canceled from YouTube? Who's that? Carl Truman. Mm. He's, he's our he's coming on the show later. I know. Yeah. How about that? I know. It's, it's <laughs> almost like we planned this. <laughs> hey guys, our politics of sex conference is coming up in like two weeks. I'm so excited. And, and I know there's some people who probably can't be there in person. Oh, what? No, 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 no. It, probably. What? No. Okay. The be- the best way. If you can't be there in person, the second best way to join us there is actually become a club member, and we stream live all our talks in the club portal. Mm. Uh, So you'll get all the talks on Friday, and then you'll get a portion of the talks on Saturday because we're we're doing breakout SWAT talks, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, But But you'll get all of them ultimately in the club portal. Keep your membership, and they're all going to get posted. Yeah, because we know what y'all like to do. Y'all Christians, y'all sneaky. Y'all come in, get the little $10, and then walk out with everything next month. (laughs) No, 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 no. no. We see you. We know what you're doing. So Stay around. If you're going to sign up, be club member, stay around. We're going to release one of those those, those SWAT talks. (laughs) But, but, you know, know, we're just giving it. We're just giving it. Yeah, yeah. Become a member. Support (laughs) Rowdy Christian Media. That's what we want to grow. But become a member and get access to the conference. And and our club members, we're building an army. That's right. right. We're building an army of club members. So join that army Mm. because Mm. it really sets us free. And we don't have to worry about getting canceled on YouTube. So join. We should call it like the club member army or something. No, that's okay. A bunch of soldiers, you know. I I don't know. Is that okay? really militant right now. Speaking of militant. Yeah. Toby, I just teed you up. I, I just teed you up. It was funny. Dribology. <laughs> Let's talk about self-defense. Dribology. And f- firearms. Ooh. Jesus commanded in Luke twenty-two, twenty-six. Actually, 36. <gasps> what do you got here? He that hath no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. Shouldn't we likewise carry a pistol and defend those we love? What are you doing? What do you got? Oh. Keep, keep reading the ad. You oh. just focus on the ad. I can't focus on the ad when you're handing me. St- oh my goodness! Look at that. Is, is this that, a holster? Is that a light for my gun? Yes. Yep. Oh man! From works. From works. You're reading the ad. Oh, sorry. Um, Shan and his team. I know Shan. We know Shan. At works. W e r k z. Specialize in concealed carry holsters for pistols with lights. What is this beauty? They believe defensive pistols should have a light and a holster because violent encounters often happen outside the home and in the dark. A preach preacher. Works offers holsters for 1,274 pistols and light combinations. Plus, can help outfit your pistol with a light. Go to works, W-E-R-K-Z dot com forward slash cross politic and be prepared to defend day and Night. I, I so, love these guys already. Oh, my so goodness. So what's, what's this is, uh, hey, you got a screwdriver? Uh, you do it right now? Screws? Yeah, I was going to do it right now. I so the, the, the cool like. thing is, so I, I have a, a Glock 19, so I got a, a little different setup than, than you guys. Mm. But one of the benefits of packing Ooh, it, with a gun, you like that? Well, I, got, wow. I got a little tummy on me, and it still fit real nice. <laughs> you just put it in right now? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so one of the benefits Ooh. of packing with a light. Yeah. Is when you pull that light out, you actually have a serious advantage because you blind oh, the people that yeah. that you're pointing the gun at. Yeah, sometimes my son does that in the dark. And he, and he shi- shines just a light in my face. Uh-huh. It and took me a second to get adapted to the light because I was like, I don't want him to see where I'm at. But right, right. how am I going to shoot them if I don't see where they're at? You don't see <laughs> so this is actually concealed. <laughs> case. Awesome. So he builds. He uh, um, specializes, yeah. as you see on the ad, in um, oh, designing concealed carry holsters that can also hold the gun with a light in it. I don't want to go get my is gun it, right now. So, you know, this will mess me up. All I want to do now is just like yeah, put the light with, in and play with the light. Talk. It's yeah. like Christmas. So uh, exactly go right. to go to works, W-E-R-K-Z dot com forward slash cross politic. 
Uh, they're really particular and fast and fantastic designs. Shan's, Shan's a brilliant guy. Yeah. Uh, we love those guys. Christian Company, support them. You yeah. know how it goes. Man, yeah. this, these are my peoples right here. Love your brothers. So, which way does, Which way the, the battery's going? Okay, so, anyway. So, I'm, should we just play music and start a new song? I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, come back, we'll come back after we're done playing with ah, new toys. Oh, just blind right. myself. Look at that. That's crazy. That's lovely. Look at this. Come on now. That's what I'm talking. This, this show's done. I'm, I'm done. I'm, this is all I want to do all day. All right. So, uh, <laughs> that's, that's so that's good. funny. That's funny, Toby. Uh, uh, you, speaking of military, this is kind of we're just going right into this military thing. Yeah. Uh, the Afghan de- Spe- debacle. Speaking of of military gear. Yeah, uh-huh. and defending yourself. This is uh, the Afghan debacle. It, it just more news comes out every day of how bad of a decision it was to pull out the way Biden the way we did the it. way we did it. Mm. Um, I mean. Listen to this. My job there was as a foreign military sales officer. So I was on the front lines of acquiring the equipment that the Americans provided and turned over to the Afghan army and the Afghan police. I'm going to read to you um, what uh, is so painful for me and so many other Afghan veterans who served in that capacity and others who served as a part of the train, advise, and assist, equip effort uh, in helping the Afghans. We now know that due to the negligence of this administration, the Taliban now has access to over $85 billion worth of American military equipment. Mm. That includes 75,000 vehicles, over 200 airplanes and helicopters, over 600,000 small arms and light weapons. The Taliban now has more Black Hawk helicopters than 85% of the countries in the world. But they don't just have weapons. They also have night vision goggles, body armor, medical supplies, and unbelievably, unfathomable to to me and so many others, is that the Taliban now has biometric devices, which have the fingerprints, eye scans, and the biographical information of the Afghans who helped us over the last 20 years. And here's what we just learned again in the briefing that we just walked out of. Is this, this administration still has no plan to get this military equipment or these supplies back. Mm. This is horrible. What is this stuff? So don't forget that he said at the beginning that we originally gave all this equipment to the Afghan army that we were training, that we were raising up. Right. So it's technically not ours anymore. It, it, technically. Right. Un- unless we want to be Indian givers. Um, well, and, in but, that case, then it is our stuff. Steve. But this is like American foreign policy. It's a rinse and repeat kind of foreign policy. What do you mean? Where um, back in the eighty or late uh, in the seventies and eighties, we had, we trained Osama bin Laden wait, wait, under wait. the guy under Freedom Fighters. There's a whole group of That's what right. they we call Freedom Fighters. We train Osama, Osama bin Laden. Laden. We initially armed him. That's right. Gave him the guns because he back. was he was fighting the Soviets. Yeah, That's in the right. Cold Cold War. And we, we wanted the Soviets to lose. <laughs> exactly. And so you're, what you're saying, though, Gabe, is like, so we're doing this again. And, but now on, on a much greater scale. Right. We gave them guns in the 80s. Now we're giving them Black Hawk you know, helicopters. helicopters? Right. So, so maybe our outrage actually should have happened when we decided to nation build. Yeah. And we decided to give them and give billions of dollars. What seventy eight billions of dollars? Seventy eight billion or something like that? Forty eight billion? Yeah. How many? How many? I can't remember what it was. Well, yeah. look, the war billions is a trillion, of, almost a but, trillion. I get the war, yeah. but the materials G- gazillion. G- <laughs> but this is why the the, the president, when oh, as soon as America started pulling out, the president left. The president, Afghan president, left. Right. And I guarantee he left because like. I got all this money, and I'm going to get out of here because what? either that or I'm going to die. Well, well notice, but <laughs> what did he call the operation? It was like assist, advise, equip. Uh, there was yep, another yep. word in there, but it's like it, I think that's the name of the mission that they mm-hmm. were a part of. And um, clearly, so we gave all this gear, all this to the Afghani to the Afghani army and police, military and police, and we were there to train them to use it all, to yep. defend themselves, to protect them. Okay, we get a big F. Yeah. Now, yes, right. Now, I mean, I don't know where it happened exactly. Yeah. Well, it happened with George. It happened with Obama. It happened with Trump. It happened. You know, it's like there's there's ownership all along but, the, but, the way for but sure. Surely, people saw. Like, I mean, I mean, I I have the utmost respect for many of our our servicemen over there. I yes. think are good people dudes. who give their lives. They 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 believe in what they're doing. They're try, they want to help these people be more free, have yeah. better lives. 
Um, they, the terrorists are bad, um, and so on. And but I'm wondering, like, where in the chain of command? I mean, I can't help but thinking there there had to have been piles of dudes in the yeah. military yeah. telling their senior officers yep. and ranking officers they don't got it, yeah. right? If, if if they're not, they they can't do this on their own. And right. and I'm hoping that that was the case. Right. And then there was. Up at the top of the chain of command, I'm assuming there are people saying, uh, "We don't care. It's you know, we need to score political points. Whatever. We you know, we want to be out by September 11th and, and claim that we had this 20 year victory or whatever." But part of part of this problem has been that America believes that if they can just fill in all the holes, everything would be normal. And what I mean by that is throw money at throw it. Throw money at it. That's exactly right. And it doesn't work. It didn't work. All the work. holes we fill are with money. So if you look at what happened, the guys who I talked to have told me, "Hey, listen." We were when we talked to um uh oh I for, again Jeremy Stolnecker. Thank you, Jeremy's gonna shoot sorry, me. We got you, Jeremy. He's gonna shoot me right in the pinky toe. Uh, sorry, Jeremy. And he to, can. And he, oh, uh, he will from there from a right. distance. Um, but one of the things he said was that listen, the reason that the arm the army only was able to support themselves to as much as we were supporting them. Yeah. And we were giving them ammo. We were servicing their planes. We were the right. ones that were doing fulfillment for them, and that we were the welfare for them. We. Did did everything that they could, uh, everything that they needed to be able to do by themselves. We were still filling in to the point that when they needed to operate independently, self sufficiently, because we weren't there anymore, they yeah. couldn't do that. But when we, when you teach, when you train, and you, and I know these soldiers that were there know this. You, you do not, you know, if, if you're if you're teaching your kid how to shoot a gun, right? You don't say, you know, here you do it like this, like okay, good luck. Right, right, like, right. You know, they they specialize in teaching and training yes. people how to use equipment, right. how, how to you know how to be tactically wise. Right. Um, they had to have known this was not going to fly. They had to know that it's not going to. Well, and we should they're, know they're not prepared if, if, for any kind of significant uh, insurgents. Well, if if we if welfare didn't work. We should know that welfare used any other way doesn't work either because right. you don't have a yeah. self. You know, Frederick Douglass said this. He's like, what do we do with the Negro, right? Mm. Now yeah. they're free. What do we I, do I with them? And it's I like, remember. he's like, nothing. Nothing. Because if they can't stand on their own two feet, they won't be able to survive yeah. the way that they need to survive being out Man. here in this hard right. world. Like, you, yeah. you have to be able to manage all these right. things yourself. I mean, think, think about this. I mean, so the last number of years in the Middle East is the government trying to fix things. Right. Yeah. Basically yeah. throwing it's a welfare war. money and power at it mm-hmm. and saying we're going to fix it and it doesn't work. Right? These are our gods. Right. Money mm. and guns. Right. And so what we've done is we've basically created this welfare war over in Afghanistan. Welfare it turned, war. It turned into a welfare war. Well, we're uh, – the whole – But money, we're, doing, we're doing the same we're thing We're doing here. the same thing here. Right. Yeah, we have been. We've been funding right. welfare in yeah. all sorts of areas and Christians have bought into it. Yeah. The churches yeah. – how many churches got PP – PPP money, yeah. PPE money, yeah. PPP money, all of it Dur- during the shutdown. Yeah, right. You remember, you remember one of the churches in the Calvary Chapel in uh, San know. San Jose was fighting the government and taking and that they're taking their money at the same, money same time. Yeah, we reported on that. Right. Well, now we got this infrastructure bill coming out. It, yeah, and and people are. It's been nicknamed a human infrastructure bill. Right. Like that's the nickname, right? Because listen to this. So when we typically think of infrastructure, we think of you know rent, trains, roads. cars, roads, all that stuff, yeah. bridges and stuff. But, but the government doesn't know what a human being is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's exactly that's right, where and that's why at. this is going to go badly. So the bill passed the House at the at this point. It's out of the House. This it's is going the three point five trillion. Yep. And and remember, uh, this is from uh, the Freedom Foundation, um, Economic Freedom Foundation. Uh, they, uh, I'm just quoting them. Uh, this comes on the heels of more than six trillion in the pandemic related yeah. that just happened this last year. Right. Uh, one trillion transportation infrastructure bill that's already happened that everyone agreed on, right? That's already passed. Yeah. Right. And and right now our uh, total national debt is twenty eight trillion dollars. Oh my gracious! I don't even know how to calculate that. Um, Gazillion. Uh, uh, the three point five trillion dollar bill it estimated it's basically going to be about twenty four thousand dollars and new spending per federal taxpayer. Cheapers. That's, it's unbelievable. And here's what it funds. Gold, They're hallelujah. One, go, Silver, exactly. hallelujah. $726 billion for pre-K. What is it for? That's, what, that's one of the... For preschool. That's one of the line items. For pre, pre-K. Na, before national ki- pre-K. Before kindergarten. Mm-hmm. Yep, and that includes like Pell Grant Awards, school infrastructure, student success grants, all these, all these crazy, you know why? silly incentives. You know what they're doing? They want your kids. They want your kids. They're baptizing their kids in that worldview. Um, Banking committee, uh, $332 billion for housing programs. 
Say that again. $332 billion for housing programs. So that they can tell you whether you have to be open or whether you can evict yep, or, not, or not evict. Wh- right? Whether you can, uh, who you can rent to. And, and by the way, the Supreme Court ain't helping with this. It's true. Because they're still allowed. Go ahead. And well, they're still, why didn't they just say this is an unconstitutional idea? Y'all right. stop this yep. mess. Unless the legislature makes a law. $200 billion <laughs> in clean electricity, consumer rebates oh, that's to weatherize good. and electrify your homes. This is a, this is a Green New Deal. Yep. Uh, one point or 135 billion uh, for uh, agri- what they call agriculture. Right, it's more uh, green, conservative green drought, forestry, yep. reduced carbon emissions. How to have more forest fires? Yep, 107 billion dollars for law permanent lawful permanent status for qualified immigrants at the border. 83 billion dollars for investment in technology, transportation, coastal resiliency, and ocean investment. Green New Deal. Green New Deal. Uh, 67 billion dollars in low income solar, climate friendly technologies. Green New Deal. $37 billion in electrifying the federal vehicle fleet. $25 billion for small businesses and investments. Ah, there's more. $28 there, $20 billion I mean, no. in native health care and education. So they want to turn this country into Afghanistan. Yep. That's what they're doing. Human infrastructure bill. Don't this take the money. was the only best thing <laughs> in this segment. <laughs> Works.com forward slash cross politics. And we got Carl Truman coming up next. Oh, <laughs> Maybe some man. good news with him. Tell us what's going on. Cancel culture is real. CrossPolitik is on the front lines of this battle with the goal of creating a Christian television network and platform where we can't be canceled and where content creators will have the freedom to glorify God. Our goal is to create a space for like-minded businesses to thrive on this platform and to reach an audience that will not only buy your products and services, but also support your business when the heat of cancel culture comes your way. We want our platform to help you create an anti-fragile business as we bring together Christians from all over the world to tune in. With millions of downloads a year, access to DirecTV, Xfinity, and social media outlets, we are excited to partner with you. So, if you own a business and believe in this vision, then you need to call me. I'm Garrison Hardy, and I am the business development rep at CrossPolitik and the Fight, Laugh, Beast Network. We are looking for businesses, large or small, that not only have great products and services, but also understand that the cultural battle that is impacting the business climate here and now. I have a background in marketing, and I'd love to help you advertise your business on CrossPolitik. Give me a call at 208-792-1290 or email me at garrison at fightlaughbeast.com. Hi, I'm Robert Borton, CEO of Classical Conversations. Our most precious commodity is time. No one has ever lied on their deathbed wishing they had spent more time making money. They all wish they had spent more time creating a legacy. Our modern education system steals that legacy, steals that time from our children. That's why I'm passionate about homeschooling. That's why at Classical Conversations we want to give you more time to create that legacy, follow your passions, and glorify God. Visit classicalconversations.com for more information. You did it. I did it. All right. Done did it. (laughs) Welcome back to Cross Politic on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. Thank you for joining us. Every year, Reformation Boise organizes a conference aimed at spreading the world-transforming doctrines of Reformed theology. Their conference this year is entitled Be Thou My Vision on the Vital Subject of Worship. Worship is the end for which God created the world. For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever, Romans 11. Amen. Their speakers this year are Dr. Robert Godfrey, hey. chairman of Legionnaire Ministries and president of Westminster Seminary in California. And Dr. Terry, he needs a clean house over there. Dr. Terry Johnson, senior minister of Independent Presbyterian Church. It's always funny, independent. Pre- anyways, in Savannah, Georgia, <laughs> author of several books. I actually graduated from Erskine Seminary with Dr. Terry Johnson. He was getting his, his, uh, his doctorate and I was getting my MA. But oh. I don't know, there's a picture of us together with Dr. Hughes Oliphant Old, yeah, um, which, ah. I, which I really appreciate. Um, the conference is going to be held September 17th through 18th at Valley Shepherd Church in Meridian, Idaho. Registration is free, and all the details can be found at ReformationBoise.com. Come so, on, I, come uh, on, Idaho. Is, uh, this is like, what's that? Is Cross Politics going to be there? Uh, well, I don't know, but you know, you can go to the huh. Fight, Laugh, Feast conference on September 9th through the 11th, Yes, and you have time to fly back to Boise. And uh, hit this conference at Valley Shepherd Church in Meridian. Hey, with us today, we're very grateful to have Dr. Carl Truman, professor of biblical and religious studies at Grove City College, 
Previously served as the William E. Simon Fellow in Religion and Public Life at Princeton University, he's authored or edited more than a dozen books, including The Creedal Imperative, Luther on the Christian Life, mm. Histories and Fallacies. He's a member of the OPC, the denomination I grew up in, which is hey. the only perfect church. And um, <laughs> the, he is now the author of The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self-Cultural Amnesia, Expressive Individualism, and The Road to the Sexual Revolution. Dr. Truman, thank you for joining us on Cross Politic. Thanks for having me on. It's great to be here. And can I say that the uh, your intro music with that throaty guitar solo, excellent. Made me feel right. <laughs> I'm sure most of your interviews begin that way. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> so um, the rise and triumph of the modern self. Um, we, I, I mentioned to you this uh, before we jumped on the, the show here, but um, I think probably many in our audience are not um, they're not in your philosophy classes, in your public thought classes at Grove City, mm-hmm. as, 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 as though, even though many of them maybe should be. Um, <laughs> but it seems to me this book is the next best thing. Can you just give a, uh, an opening, like, this is what the book is about, this is why you need to read it? Sure. I mean, ostensibly the book is about trying to understand why the sentence, I'm a woman trapped in a man's body, has come to make sense. Uh. As you've already alluded to in in your introductory remarks there, most people in this world don't sit in philosophy seminars, and yet that sentence has come to grip the the popular imagination, certainly of American culture, if not Western culture in general. And the book is an attempt to explain how the way people imagine the world has been transformed really over the last three or four hundred years to the point where a sentence that 30 years ago my my late grandfather would have regarded as self-evident nonsense is now considered not only to be plausible but to be something that if you deny it in public might land you in in very serious trouble. So the book is really an attempt to, to get not simply to the philosophy of transgenderism, if you like, but to, to how the ordinary man or woman in the street imagines the world to be and, and how that, yeah. what Charles Taylor calls social imaginary, that way of imagining the world, has has come about. So, so it, I, I'm, I'm confused. You just interrupted him. No, no. Raise your hand if you I have a question. I got a lot question. of questions. A question I'm going to go. I'm going to use hand. my black privilege here. Dude, and, go and for take, it. So, Doc, why did it take you 410 pages to work through Romans 1? <laughs> That's a very good question. In fact, I had one person uh, email me and say, why didn't you just talk about Genesis 3? Yeah, just yeah. talk about E. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think the, the, uh, the answer to that is, on, on one hand, Romans 1 does give us all of the general principles. There's, there's no doubt that Paul nails it in, in Romans 1. Yeah. But, of course, Paul is talking there about sinful propensity in general. I was particularly interested in in why this particular kind of sinful imagination at this particular point in time. Mm. There are many ways throughout history that human rebellion has expressed itself. I wanted to try to get to the bottom of why is it expressing itself in, in this particular way yeah. at this particular point in time. It's, I use the example in the book of, you know, why do the Twin Towers fall down on 9-11? Well, if you give the answer gravity, you've given a true answer. Gravity pulled the Twin Towers down. Yeah. But you haven't actually helped anybody understand the real dynamics of the events of 9-11. And, and that's how I see the book. I want people to understand why human rebellion is expressing itself in terms of, say, sexual and gender confusion at this particular point in time. So, Carl, you're you're saying that you can actually trace kind of the the morphing of the way we've been thinking for and how we got to this moment about three or four hundred years ago. Is, is, did I hear you correctly? That this yeah, this I process think, started about that three or four hundred years ago. Again, the, the 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 question of the starting point is always difficult because whenever you start, there's always yeah. a backstory. Yep. Right. Yeah. But I think it. I put it this way. I think the story starts to accelerate and take a particularly modern form about three or four hundred years ago. Specifically, you know, figures such as Jean-Jacques Rousseau, Genevan philosopher of the mid uh, mid eighteenth century. He's the man who who really most pungently argues that the real you, the real me, is to be found in terms of our inner feelings, our emotions, our, our sentiments. And that, I think, is a, a key move because as soon as you start prioritizing that inner space, then you start paving the way for 
the kind of self, the kind of understanding of ourselves that's normative today, and that is the self that really sees itself as constituted by by feelings and emotions rather than by external relations or by rationality. Mm. I think it was I think it's Glenn Sunshine, Dr. Glenn Sunshine on the podcast, he said that if he had a Stalin, Lenin, and Rousseau in, in the same room, and he had a chance to go back in time, he'd shoot Rousseau. But he said, yeah, wow. if, he only had, if he only had two bullets, oh, if he only had two bullets, he'd, he'd shoot, shoot Rousseau twice. He'd shoot him twice. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, Rousseau is a particularly despicable human being. I mean, he sent all five of his children yeah. straight away to an orphanage, which was a death sentence. Yeah. Mm. Um, but it goes to the heart of how he understands the self and reflects something of how we understand the self today. He saw other people as first and foremost a hindrance mm. to his own self-realization and happiness, and that included his own children with tragic results. Right. This, this part, I read wow. in the reimagining the self, I read that chapter three times because – Part of it, for, I, I still don't. How do how do we under, understand ourselves today? Could you kind of give us a brief understanding of how we how how we understand ourselves today? I think, by and large, we understand ourselves today. First and foremost, in Rousseau kind of terms, we we imagine that we're born free. And everywhere, society and relationships have put us in chains. And that's self-evidently nonsense. No human being is born free. We're all born remarkably dependent right. upon mm. other human beings compared to pretty much any other animal species out there. Secondly, we regard ourselves as, uh, or a very large part of ourselves, as constituted by our sexual desires. Mm. Uh, we tend not to think now of sex primarily as something we do. We tend to think of it as something we are, and that's why, you know, I, I have problems not only with people who identify themselves as lesbian, gay, or bisexual. I, I'm not sure that identifying oneself as straight is particularly helpful, because that's conceding this uh, this centrality of sexual desire to identity, which which can be uh, problematic. Uh, and thirdly, I think we we think of ourselves connected to that last point. We think of the real us as the us inside, mm. the us in our hearts, the us in our heads. We tend not to think of our identities as being first and foremost the relationship we have with others, with institutions, with other people, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. We tend to think of our identity as something that, if you like, lives within us. If you look at the the interview that Bruce slash Caitlyn Jenner gave to Diane Ruff. Sawyer in 2015, mm -hmm. the language is very interesting in that you know Jenner is finally able to be the person he has always been. Mm. He's no longer having to conform to uh, a pattern imposed upon him by society. That's the modern self. Mm -hmm. The modern self. So so would it when you said you don't even think we should kind of identify ourselves as straight? Would it would you also say that? identifying ourselves as man or woman, that would actually fall into that same category? Oh, no, not at all. Okay. Because I think ma man and woman, uh, they are with the, okay, there's a very small group of people, intersex people, for whom there are physiological difficulties. Sure. But setting aside the medical, condi the, the medical intersex condition, men and women, we're defined by our bodies. Right. Uh, and again, I would say, Part of the problem with the Rousseau approach is it tends towards seeing feelings as kind of prior to our bodies in terms of our identity. Mm, that's helpful. That's when, very helpful. When somebody says, you know, I was born in the wrong body, it's interesting what they're saying. They're saying that there is an I that inhabits this body a bit like a man might inhabit a spacesuit. Right. I would say, mm. no, we, we don't want to go there. We don't want to make that mistake of, of separating who we are from our bodies, so I would say uh, no, because we're missing man and woman is not the same right. as identifying ourselves in terms of our sexual desires. That mm. has a, a strong physiological grounding. That's really helpful. In, in your book, one of the more helpful things for a, a, a sort of a philosophy text is that you spend quite a bit of time talking about literature. Uh, Wordsworth, Shelley, Blake in particular, you call them unacknowledged legislators. Um, wait a second, they're poets. Um, what, you yeah. know, what, what do you mean by that? And, and explain that. Yeah, first of all, I, I was very uh, torn in that chapter because I love romantic stuff. I, you know, okay. Wordsworth, Shelley, Blake, I love their stuff. 
but particularly with Shelley and Blake, I can see that it tends in a bad way. Yeah. Unacknowledged legislator, it's a term that Shelley himself uses when he's defending the task of the poet, which for him meant artist in general, not just a versifier, but artist yep. in general. I think what what he's pointing to there is that the way most of us think about the world is not shaped by argument. It's not shaped by thinking back to first principles. Actually, the most influential voices in our lives are often those of pop culture. Uh-huh. Uh, it's uh, numerous times over the years, students have asked me, you know, can you give me a good argument against gay marriage? And, and my answer has always been, I can give you several good arguments against gay marriage, but none of them will work. And the reason why none of them will work is that most people don't believe in gay marriage because they've been persuaded by an argument. Mm -hmm. They believe in gay marriage because they watched Will and Grace. That's right. They have Mm -hmm. gay friends. They've seen the presentation in the media of of gay people as as good and friendly and loving people. And those things have an impact on how we we think morally and, and ethically. So... Shelley, the reason I put the romantics in there, and I think what, what Shelley's getting at is that actually uh, art, broadly conceived, is extremely influential yeah. in how people, in shaping what I would call moral intuitions or moral imagination. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How are you interpreting our, our current cultural moment? I mean, one, one, the one thing that's my, my one sort of yeah, but as I was reading along in terms of the overarching narrative of this expressive individualism, I mean, it's a, it's a slam dunk argument. And then all of a sudden, you know, I, I see people getting hauled off of airplanes because their mask slipped down below their nose or, you know, these mandates going across. I'm, I've yeah. got people appealing to me. I'm about to get fired because I didn't get the vaccine or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is, is that a intention at all with the expressive individualism thesis? It's it's something that I've been thinking about a lot since you know, since I sent the manuscript in. Right. Uh, and it's something, I think, that has intensified in our culture, really, in the last 12, 18, 24 months. Mm-hmm. One of the odd things, I think, about an expressive individualist culture is this. You end up with, you know, okay, everybody can be whoever they want to be. Problem is, society can't proceed on that basis because right. some identities stand in opposition or in denial of other identities. That's right. Which means that... Somebody's got to referee the shooting match. Right. So the really, the really weird phenomenon that we're seeing at the moment, I think, is that, uh, for want of a better term, a very libertarian understanding of the self mm-hmm. is fueling a very authoritarian form of government. That's right. right. Uh, locally, mm. nationally, in terms of your employer, whatever. Uh, and it's weird. And, and as you say, there's a kind of tension there. Right. On the other hand, it also makes sense because hey, if my identity cancels cancels yours out or or stands in judgment over yours, somebody's got to referee the difficulty between us. And I think what we're living through now is is the rise of an authoritarian form of of government, Uh, not just formal government either. You you mentioned YouTube. Right. Big Mm -hmm. tech is also taking upon itself the role of, of guardian of acceptable identities and morality uh, and it is weird and it's strange and where it will end i do not know but it's it, you know it, i guess it points to the incoherence ultimately of a kind of radically liberal understanding of what society can be it, it's not sustainable and, and will degenerate into a form of authoritarianism and is doing so before our eyes so i think that i think it's a, a good connection there um with libertarianism and totalitarian governments and, and so forth how do how do we fight this? Like, what what practically can we be doing to um, push back uh, uh, the encroachments that are coming in uh, to our, you know, federal government, our states, our churches? You know, how do we fight back? Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's very difficult to answer that question because the assault or the transformation is so comprehensive and is coming from so many different directions. I mean, mm. I would, if I was talking to parents now, I would say you really want to think long and hard before you give your kids a cell phone because smartphones, you're bringing all kinds of very influential voices into your children's life that they, they may not be able to, yeah, they may not be able to handle in a discerning manner. Uh, churches, I would say, we need to be focusing on being strong communities because Mm. if the onslaught is going to be as vigorous as it appears it's going to be, 
only strong communities will be capable of standing relative to it. On a more immediate practical level, I would say to churches, you need to be preparing now for legal issues that may come your way. That's right. Not only, uh, you know, you may find that your live streaming of your service for the shut-ins and the, the people who can't get out, you might also want to be thinking about, well, what happens when, when banks start turning around and saying, oh, yeah. we're not going to start processing money for, for right. those we consider to be hate groups. So I would say to church leaders at this point, you know, start thinking about strategies. And I would also say, you know, rejoice that we live in a free country. We, live in a, we, we do still have a constitution. Let us make sure that we are using and exercising our constitutional rights. Yeah. And when somebody comes after us, there are places like the Beckett Fund, the Alliance Defending Freedom. Right. Yeah. There are legal organizations out there that will give help and advice and, if necessary, formal representation to uh, churches and religious bodies. And I would say don't allow some misguided quietist pietism to prevent you from from engaging with your civil rights right. in an appropriate way using proper expertise. Mm -hmm. We want to behave mm. graciously as Christians. We don't want to, you know, we certainly want to make sure that if and when we're hassled or persecuted, it's for the gospel, not just because we're very obnoxious people. Right, right. But that doesn't mean we have to sit back and take it. I think we can, we as citizens, we as, uh, as people in a free country should should avail ourselves of what's available. The revolution will be televised. Amen. That's, I'm sorry. Uh, Dr. Truman, I kind of want to ask the same, the same question, but I want to ask it a little differently. I think that you answered the question in a kind of general sense overall with big picture. But I, as I was going through this book, I started realizing I don't know how to communicate maybe <laughs> – to the average person anymore. You thought you were communicating. I thought I was. I thought I was. I, I really did. You said the words. Yeah, but I realized that all yeah. the words have different terms. They mean different things. That person has a completely different background than I have. Yeah. Um, growing up in a Christian home and living next door to somebody doesn't mean that you guys grew up in the same world. I, you know, that's yeah. what I'm, I'm coming mm -hmm. from. And so now I'm realizing that. I feel like we have to have a conversation. Okay, this can is a world. We, can, can we even talk? Yeah, can, yes. So how? I guess the question is, how do we engage this on a person-to-person -person <laughs> level and actually have valuable conversations where the people are hearing what we're trying to say and have context yeah, for it? Yeah. Well, I think, first of all, we, we need to remember that, you know, as Christians, that what presents itself as, as a technical problem, technical problem of communication, is always ultimately a supernatural problem. Amen. And I mean, the, the good mm. news is we're all made in the image of God. The good news is that uh, God's word is powerful because God makes it powerful, not because of, of our ability, uh, you know, to engage in fine rhetoric or persuasion. So first thing I think we need to do is, is not despair because we're engaged in a supernatural task. And the preaching of the word and the declaring of the word, whether you do it one-on-one -on -one or whether you do it in a church, uh, comes with the backing and the power of, of a triune God. Yeah. So I think, first of all, we, we need to keep the problem, if you like, the technical problem in perspective. Secondly, I think there are ways of, uh, of getting people, even today, to think about the gospel that uh, the Bible sanctions that perhaps resonate more deeply today than, than other ways of doing it. One of the ways I found with uh, kids at Grove, not all of whom are Christians, some of whom are you know, confused as Christians. Right. I tend to set the gospel up as a matter of freedom and belonging. How do we tie it? We all want to be free, mm. but we all want to belong. How do we tie those together? Well, you can look at various philosophical ways of doing that, and then you can look at the gospel as if the sun sets you free, you shall be free indeed. But the Bible doesn't talk about individual Christians. It always talks about the church. Yeah. So I found that the idiom of freedom and belonging is one that gets people's attention uh, today. Thirdly, I would say that one of the ways of doing it is if, if the evangelism comes in the context of a meaningful relationship that you already have with somebody. Uh, it is harder for somebody who knows you and knows that you're not a narrow-minded bigot to dismiss your views as narrow-minded bigotry right. uh, if they really know who you are. Now, I was talking to somebody just last night who said, you know, I've, I've lost a friend over uh, the fact that, you know, at the end of the day, the gospel has just offended her and it's blown our friendship apart. I said, well, that's really sad, but there are times when communication just breaks down. 
uh, Jesus himself says, you go to a town and they, they don't accept you, there will come a point where yeah. you kick the dust off your feet and you leave. And it's hard to do that, mm-hmm. particularly when it's friends. But I think if you have a good relationship, but ultimately that relationship does not prove sufficient for you to be able to communicate to that person. Maybe the problem is not your communication skills. Maybe the problem Mm -hmm. is the hardness of the heart of the person you're talking to. And while you can continue to pray for them, there may come a time when you just have to say, I'm sorry, Uh, my time is no longer well spent talking to you. I I need to talk to somebody else. Yeah. Mm, Would you uh, leave Canada then? Would you shake the dust off your feet there? Canada. <laughs> My best friend is Canadian, so I probably better plead the Fifth Amendment. <laughs> you don't have the Fifth up there. <laughs> I'm not in Canada. He's I'm in Pennsylvania. That's true. That's true. The rise and we in- do. Go we ahead. have the Fifth, and we have the Second Amendment in Western Pennsylvania. Yeah, that's right. That's hey, right. Hey, Amen. Hey. I'm the only unarmed man within about a hundred mile radius of where I live. Uh. Pretty hey, safe. Doc, thank you for coming on Cross Politic. The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self by Modern Self by Carl Truman. Go get it. More Cross Politic coming up next. So in 2016, we found out that our youngest son, Asher, had cancer. And I will just never forget crying in the lobby of the hospital on the phone with the Samaritan Ministries person on the other end who was, you know, who ended the call saying, let's just pray about this. When it does hit you and you really wonder what's going to happen, it worked. It continues to be affordable, it works, and it pays the bills. We'll get, we'll get Carl back on. Oh, you blinded me. I'm not going to do that to my past. So, <laughs> welcome back to Cross Politic on the Fight Life East Network. Hope to see you at the Fight Life East Conference. Yep. September 9th to the 11th, Lebanon, Tennessee. FLFnetwork.com. Register. It's going to be so good. Yeah. The fellowship is going to be so we, good. We didn't even get a chance to ask Carl. He's actually got a chapter on the whole section on the politicization of sex. I was going to ask him on that. I know. We, we, we couldn't turn it. We, we towards the end of the book, it. right? Yeah, we yeah. ran out of time. I and I, you know, we was we're doing a politics of sex wanted conference. In, I, yeah. I wanted to invite him to our politics of sex conference and, and, and yeah. just have him come hang with us. But Guess what I'm wearing right now? A your, your holster. holster. <laughs> it's so nice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have the light in yet, but I'm going to. Uh, anyway, you know, um, I think. Do you want to go to war? Because we could go to war. I think I'm for real. One of the most. I'm for real. Sorry, I'm just playing with stuff. I think one of the most helpful things. I said this on the interview uh, with Carl, but um, most helpful things in the book. And this is something that actually, actually reminds me. I reminds me a lot of Francis Schaefer, actually. Mm. Um, the, the kind of. This kind of book is what Francis Schaeffer was doing in um, How Shall We Then Live yes. and, and some of his other books. But he, he, he was the one back in the 70s and 80s that was beginning to say, people, people, um, this worldview thing, this, this, the, a massive shift has happened in people's worldviews. And he went to art and music and literature yep. to yes. show how it had um, those thoughts, those ideologies, those philosophies had infiltrated those things, those yeah. areas, yeah. and then how they were being potent in the world. And he was he was writing in the seventies, saying, "People, hey, hey, Christian parents, you can't assume that your kids have the same basic shape of the world as you did. Wow, their yeah. um, the imaginary structure of their worldview has shifted, yeah. right? and that's a big part of what um, Truman's doing. And and I think that's a really important point to underline for Christians because." Um, sometimes we can be eggheads. Sometimes we can think that all you need to do is, if I just say the argument again, right. it will get them. This, 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 this time, <laughs> if, if I just get the syllogism exactly right. Now, of course, we're rational creatures. I do right. think we should be reasonable. I think we should um, speak in, 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 in rational sentences and use logic and so forth. Of course. So we have to recognize that we are holistic beings. And as, and as he's trying to notice, um, much of what draws us frequently has to do with our imaginations, has to do with our affections. Um, and, and that's why story and poetry and art and beauty is, is so important. Right. You know, um, they, that's what they've been using, though, is what he's, his, his point is primarily demonstrating. Um, I mentioned this, I, I'm, I'm, it was on Facebook, I think, but um, Pugcast. Shout out to the Pugcast yeah, guys. Yeah, those guys, man. Um, they did a, a, a show, this is how 
behind I am in my podcast listening. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Love you. Um, <laughs> it's back in May, they did a show on mystery. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I remember the whole title, but just yes. look for mystery in the title. Um, C.R. Wiley, Chris Wiley, um, led the discussion with, with Tom Price and Glenn Sunshine um, on, um, on the idea of mystery and then also on demystification. But the idea that um, our words and the stories we tell, the poetry we write, and so on is – um, either is inviting us into the mystery of God and the mystery of the world in a good way. And so that's what the gospel is. The gospel is sort of this unveiling of the way God made the world, but you find yourself in the world and you find out that the world is magical. Yep. The world is a place that God inhabits, and because God is infinite and triune, it's like this, you 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 take one layer away, and there's more glory and more beauty, and you understand more truth, and yet there's more mystery. Right. And it's mm. glorious. Right. Mm. Um, and, um, and the guys have a great discussion about it. But he, they bring up the book and, and mention that one of the things that Truman's doing in, in sort of um, telling you the story of how we got here, it's actually a wonderful way in which you, you pull back the curtain, and it's like the Wizard of Oz. There's no wizard. <laughs> It's like, oh, there's nothing there. Yeah. Right. And I think that that's one of the most helpful things about, about Truman's book is that it's sort of this massive deconstruction of the project. They're like, because we're getting screamed at right now. We're being, uh, you know, the, the preachers of the woke gospel, yeah. the LGBT jihadists right. mm-hmm. um, and Taliban, whatever. They're coming at us screaming um, that you have to affirm my identity. You have right. to love me the way, you know, I feel and mm-hmm. so forth. And he pulls back the curtain and says, actually, it just starts with this guy named Rousseau who sent all his kids yeah. to an orphanage. Yeah. yeah. Was that a gut? Was wow. orphanage like a syllogism for a public school? Yeah, yeah okay. pretty much. It's, it's, it's where you send where your, your kids, kids go to die. To, to, yeah, to, um, to be um, discipled by Caesar. Yeah. Um, and so forth. But it's, um, anyways, all that to say, I, I just think Christians need to recognize we've been catechized. We are being catechized by a by this these false this false gospel right. yeah. um, of if, if let the government step in let the government fix it and and the, and the he he pointed out in the this world of expressive individualism you have to have an arbiter you have to have a god mm-hmm. yeah. in order to have freedom why have, why have Christians you know Christians have abandoned you know entrepreneurship in a lot of ways over the last forty years Christians have abandoned art Christians have abandoned education Christians have abandoned journalism mm-hmm. uh, you know. Why have we abandoned kind of those those areas? You know, it's funny. Um, trying to be too simplistic about it, but our eschatology and our theology—that's actually the first thing that came to my mind. Have, I, I and was, I'm, well, I was trying to point out a particular group, like dispensationalists, but them. Uh, our eschatology and theology has not told us the true story. People always think that eschatology doesn't matter, but the truth is, if you get that part wrong, <laughs> you kind of can mess up the whole part of the shirt too. Yeah. It's not just the end thing. Yeah. You got eschatology from Genesis, right? Yep. <laughs> right. We know what the end's going to be from Genesis. We get we get the story right. highlights in Genesis of what the middle's going to be, what the end's going to be, and so we get that part wrong. So then we start building. It's like t- buttoning up your shirt. If you miss the wrong button, yeah. you're going to button up everything else wrong. And uh-huh. so yeah. we kind of have this dichotomy between um, stories and, and storytelling. And even our exegesis does is grammatical historical v- only yeah. misses story. Yeah. And our exegesis. What's, what's the syllogism in David and Goliath? Right. What's the, right. what's the syllogism in this Psalm? Right. Rather than, well, yes, I mean, Yes, there's truth being communicated, mm-hmm. but there's also beauty being yes, exactly. So, are, are you making the connection between eschatology and art? Yeah, but also work. So then, when you start doing this, you start missing out. What are the the in the story? You start if you have if you have a defeatist eschatology, first of all, you're just running and hiding. Yeah, and you don't know who the characters are either. Like all the, all that matters inside of David and Goliath. One of the things, if you get those characters wrong, so. It, it, if you don't have Genesis and you look at David and Goliath and you say, oh, look, this guy, he's going to be triumphant and he's going to kill Goliath. And you think it's just random. And you think it's just random, but you don't see you have Adam, you have Eve, you have Christ and you have, you know what I mean? So, right. so you got Goliath over there yeah. who's a serpent. Yeah. You have yep. you have uh, Saul who is de- who is Adam, right? <laughs> you have yep. who, who's supposed to be doing his job. And he and then you have David who actually goes and cuts the head off right. like Jesus did. And so mm-hmm. you if you don't. Then you, so if you're in the middle of the story, you don't actually know who's what and what's supposed to happen. It seems to me what you're describing is is um, which is connected to all this is really we've we have a truncated view of the gospel. When yeah. we when we believe, you know, for uh, you know, my father in law was involved in Campus Crusade. I was involved in college ministry, and um, when I would get in conversations with other evangelists up on campus, um, that uh, you know, uh, all that's the common 
response I would hear is like, just preach Jesus and him crucified, and that's it. But when you it, but do even, that. But even there, all it is is ask Jesus into your heart. And, and that's it. Yeah. Well, and that's it. You're right. Truncated but, gospel is, is Gnosticism. That's our, our gospel. That, yeah, that's is, right. We're so saturated in it that even the way we think about the gospel doesn't touch down on earth. And so when you do that, you you actually just kind of do away the Old Testament. And then you kind of even do away with eschatology. Even end times doesn't really matter that much. Right. And and then, but when uh, uh, one of the verses that's kind of helped me with this whole kind of truncated gospel problem is uh, in uh, Galatians, I believe it's Galatians chapter 3, when Paul said the gospel was preached to Abraham. Right. Before Jesus' death and resurrection, the gospel was preached to Abraham? Yep. That's a big gospel. Yeah. You know, and, and the gospel was in you. All, All the, the nations, nations of will, the earth right. will be blessed. That's right. And, and you start to see it. Um, my friend, I love him to death, but he's just wrong. Talking about Todd Frio here. Yeah. It's my friend, my buddy. Mm. But I've watched a video clip of him talking about if the, you know, he's talking about tyrannical governments in the vaccine. Um, it was on Toby's Daily News Brief on Friday. Okay. Yeah. And so um, I haven't listened to that one yet. So I'm planning to listen to that one because I want to know what you said. <laughs> but people are thinking that there there's exegetical problems there, but ultimately it's like, you don't know what story you're in right? and you don't know who you're playing in the story. Right. And so because of that, you miss everything that's going on because you don't have a place for the story in your theology. Mm-hmm. And so right now it sounds like everything you're doing feels okay. Here's a good example. You got that clip. Play that clip real quick. I am non-binary. I hope everyone knows that we need to protect the women and children has been used against marginalized people for most of human history. These comments upset me because it's anti-trans, of course, but also it strikes me as anti-your own daughters, anti-young people, anti-women. If you are a young person, if you're a daughter, if you are a woman, would you do me a favor? Please let all of the men in your life know that you can take care of yourself. Let them know you don't need protection. I, I hate this video. And that you especially don't want protection if it means erasing trans people from public life. What, what, what did he say? Protection. You don't want protection. Tell the women, women, go tell your men you don't want protection and you don't need protection. Now, one of the if you know the story and you know what's going on, all you heard was right. If you know the story and you know what's going on, then you know that that's a snake, and it's trying to get to your women, and it's telling your women, as God truly said, what is a man supposed to do? Kill that snake. Guard and protect. That's the. That's what God told him to do. It's built into his DNA as a man. Mm-hmm. And the serpent is saying, don't, 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 don't do that. And mm-hmm. it's using your women to get to you and say, hey, tell your man, mm-hmm. tell your man, you don't, you don't need their protection. You don't need them to do the thing that God has called them to do because I'll take care of you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll show you the way. And if you know the story and you know what's going on, then you see something like this and say, this ain't nothing but a demonic that's a, that's a serpent, serpent, yeah. a mm-hmm. situation here. And the, what I need to do more than anything is bring my daughter and my wife and my women close to me, teach them, not let this particular demon slither around in our bathrooms, right, right. not mm-hmm. let this particular demon slither around in our environments, in our culture. This thing got to go. Yeah. And if you don't understand that that story and that's what's going on, then you then you just leave things like, oh, that's gross. Yeah, well, remember or Car- that or yuck. Carl- and, it, and it does have a gross effect to it. Does have a yuck effect to it. But you're re you're reliving again the story of Genesis, and what you don't want to do is be that Adam. Yeah, and, and this is this <laughs> well, is what Carl was talking about in the interview where that guy because that was a dude shaved his Adam's apple and everything. Grew hair, you know, um, uh, uh, that guy is defining everything in terms of self. Mm. Right. Right. Rousseau. Right. Rousseau. Right. Self. Right. And then, and now we're in this mess because the Christian church has been defining everything in terms of themselves, ourselves, how we feel in worship. Yeah. I, I was. How just, does worship make me feel? I was just trying to hunt up uh, a tweet when you were talking about this serpent. Yeah. 
and uh, it, I, it may have gotten deleted. I don't know. But um, Bill Crystal is a so-called conservative. No, he's not. Um, but he, he, I think maybe he deleted it. Um, but he, he tweeted something a couple of days ago um, when someone was saying, um, you know, in the news, we want to be careful about all of um, uh, the Afghans that are that are coming in. Um, how, you know, are there terrorists coming in in the midst of? Are, are we so eager to bring you know people over that you know are there, are there Taliban coming in right. through this? Right. Which is a reasonable question to ask. And then he says, you know, are you are you protecting your wives and your daughters? The newscast anchor did. It was you know apparently a conservative. You know, and Bill Crystal shared it, mocked it, and Oof. said, um, "Why is he not talking to the women themselves? Can they not protect themselves?" Ooh. But that's the thing is. Now maybe it got deleted. Maybe he got enough flack for it. I can't. I couldn't find it real quick, right now. Just really quickly. But my point. The point is, it's easy to see the snake there. Yep. Okay. This tranny yeah. dude. Not That's anymore. Right. That's but, right. But <laughs> but uh, many Christians don't see it when right. when it's the okay. Um, another guy. I don't know if I should say his name or not. Um, just got. I think he quit from uh, Bethlehem Baptist Seminary and College, um, and he's making a stink on Twitter today. Okay. Um, and uh, and said um, he, and he's 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 going after um, going back and forth or at least responding to uh, John Piper, um, the chancellor of the college. Okay. Um, uh, and uh, and and disagreeing with him and kind of making a stink, but he, he he's urging listen to the women, listen to the women, listen to the women. Okay. Now, do we honor our sisters in Christ? Of course. Do we yeah. listen to their? You know, is is woman is is wisdom a woman in Proverbs? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. But. But Adam listened to the woman, and here yep. we are. We don't right. know the story. We, we don't know the story. And so it's not enough just to say, listen. To, you know, so when that's getting preached in your pulpit, yep. okay, we've got to have, you know, we need to have these number of women on our committees. Right. And we don't have their perspective, or a pastor cannot counsel and advise women um, unless there's another woman, you know, there's right. a woman that is giving him advice. And, I mean, what are, you, what are you doing? You don't know the story. That's right. right. You don't know the story. But, but my point being is that, that that kind of nonsense has crept all the way into the church. Mm-hmm. In every aspect. So that now, you know, when someone is telling you, you do whatever the government tells you to do, they don't know the stories. You know what? There's, that's, uh, yeah. You know, that, I was thinking about this with Arnold. Yeah. Remember that, that yeah. thing about the Canadian PM that we No. Okay. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Arnold that one too. <laughs> the, 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 Screw the, your freedom. <laughs> that was yeah. horrible. That was horrible. Get down. Yeah. <laughs> screw screw <laughs> your freedom. Was, Luke Pearson on, on Apology Radio has yeah. a better Arnold impression than you get yeah, down both of us he's really good at it which is like as a pastor it shouldn't but be that, that good my point was he doesn't believe any of the stories right he doesn't believe any of the movies he's been in mm-hmm. yeah yeah right and right he doesn't believe the story like in all i haven't even seen them all but he's I, fought for freedom in almost all of his I, movies i don't even i haven't even seen them all but i know what yeah. they're about yeah, yeah. okay uh-huh. it's about crazy governments can, can i crazy experts yeah. people with power and Arnold, the dude, the, the Lone Ranger, who says, "Wait a second, you want to do what? Not with my daughter, not with my wife, so yeah. Skynet, not with my country." Skynet and Terminator. The, let's just say Skynet wants to actually inject you with a shot. Mm. If you are in Terminator, yeah. the last thing you want is for Skynet to be in control. <laughs> yeah. He says, "Listen to the experts." Yeah, no, <laughs> you should know. Like, but you're right. You Fauci should. is an expert. But the thing about it is, Pastor, what I've noticed is that. I expect Christians to know better than this, right? I expect Christians because as we go through, we yeah. read our Bible, we should That's be right. reading and understanding yeah. that these stories, but I think we don't believe that the stories that God gives us are applicable right now. Yeah. Right. And so like yeah. when we say, Oh, should we do exactly? Well, hold on now. There is a place that, um, Government needs to bend the knee to Jesus Christ too, and so yes. everybody's thinking about the story as it relates to the individual. But nobody's thinking the the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Does yeah. he have authority over the government, yeah. and should they be in obeying Jesus Christ? Yeah. And so when they're not obeying Jesus Christ, what is your responsibility to yeah. them now? Right. Your responsibility is to be a prophet to them and call a um, covenant lawsuit against them. You yep. should be bending yep. the knee to Jesus Christ. Jesus requires you to be thus. And mm-hmm. I and this is my problem. I haven't heard one thing where 
guys like my friend Todd have ever come out and preached a sermon or preached against the government and their responsibility to the true Lord right, Jesus right, Christ. Right, right. So while all of everybody's trying to push on what the Christians should be doing, yeah. how shall y'all be obeying the government? I'm totally, we can have that conversation. Right. Preach the other side. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Where's those verses at? What are they supposed what to be are, doing? That's right. What's the, what has God put them in? Um, you need to repent. Yep. Is God going to hold them in yeah. contempt? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Do you get by with cutting the head off of John the Baptist? Right. You don't get by with that. Yeah. God is going to judge this. What's happened to Rome? Right. <laughs> what's the story here? Yep. yep. He dipped his blood in it. Right. You know, what's the story here? Building it, bend the knee to Jesus Christ of what's coming for you. You don't get to get, treat God's people like this. Right. You don't get to treat any person like this. And, and, and the fact that we don't know those stories and we're going the other way is a testament to our need to really go back to the word of God mm-hmm. and begin to read it again and read it again and, and, and say, okay, Lord, because then when you start seeing the story you're in, you start seeing death and resurrection. Yeah. I, I said this on apology, but I'll just say it again here. But I would love for um, Todd to say the same thing that he said about wearing pinwheels. If the government says to wear pinwheels on your head then you sh- at, at Publix, then you should do it. You should go to the store and I, wear pinwheels. And, and, I, and I said, I would love for him to post a video with him saying the exact same thing about husbands with their wives. If your husband tells you to wear pinwheels on your head, it's a Publix. Do it. They can. They, well, he, he would get. Todd, or, Todd wouldn't touch that with a 10 foot pole. He would get creamed. Yep. Or yeah. if your pastor says you have to wear pinwheels on the side of your head every time you go to Publix, you have to obey your pastor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why do we have a double standard? Mm-hmm. Everybody gets their, their authority and their power directly from Jesus Christ. That's right. That's right. That's, I, how, that's how it starts out. The whole chapter starts out right, right? there. All authority is from God. There's right, no yeah. authority. There's no power except from God. Right. But you can tell where your God is by who you can say who could get away with anything. Yeah. Oh. Right. You, That's right. Oh. I mean, you. I, I've said this before in other contexts, but you know, you when you drive by, you see flashing red and white, blue lights. Yeah. I mean, m- maybe maybe in some neighborhoods you worry about it, but mostly you you drive by and you think, oh, I guess I'm glad. You know, hope hope everyone's okay and mm-hmm. whatever. You don't you don't think to yourself, you know, I'm you know I'm a person too. Right, but you you have but if, if but if your husband says you know if, if somebody says well my husband uh, needs me home by five o'clock I'm gonna be I need to go home now my husband said I would be home. fine I'm gonna make sure I obey, obey him every every in conservative Christian circles a whole bunch of those women are gonna be like blink twice if you're in an abusive relationship right yeah or just show up at five fifteen just to just to yeah M- make sure he knows that you know you're on equal footing with him yeah right because wh- who where's the God. The state is the god, yeah, right. Just, which is what. So the state sends out the cash. The sends the, the state runs it. What that's the god. When you don't have Jesus Christ as Lord, there you never. There's no such thing as a really secular square. There's, and, there's no such thing as an empty. There's there's always a god. And what strikes me about like you know the comments, listen to women, you know, listen to victims, listen here. It's like, don't we have God's word? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what is what does it say? Listen about to God. Listen to exactly. Christ. Listen to Christ. Like that's such a crazy comment. You know, listen to women. Yeah, we got God, we got God's revealed word right in front of us, telling us how to do this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. that's actually a good point. The other thing I was thinking about, you know, you were talking about in the first segment, you were talking about the infrastructure bill. Yeah, and we were talking a little bit about this offline. And one of the things I had said was, you know, it's not government's responsibility to take care of us. We were mm-hmm. talking about that, and then you saw, and I pointed to like we. But we've been allowing this to happen for so many years, yeah. and you're like, you're 100 years too late. <laughs> you know. And the first thing that popped in my mind was there is no turning this around. Right. Like, that you're, you're, like if you know the story, right. there is no turning this around. You're going to have to go through judgment. And this right. is what I wanted to get at by saying that. Mm-hmm. We have to remember you don't get out of this. Right. You're going to have to die. Right. You're going to have to die. When you see where we're at and you see what's going on, death is imminent. Amen. But we mm-hmm. serve a God that resurrects from the dead. Mm-hmm. Right. So as we go yeah. <laughs> through this battle, right. we can know that our Lord Jesus Christ is going to resurrect whatever it is okay. that we are going to, that we are fight. So we can fight on the right side, knowing that right. our death is nothing but seed in the ground and that will resurrect and become a mighty tree. That's exactly right. But and, if we and, don't believe that, then we don't act right. vigilant in the process. Right. And if you read the stories carefully, you see that God always saves his own. That's right. I mean, that's, that's like God you know, unlike the U.S. government and military and unlike all the other the rest on, of them, all we know how to do is carpet bomb. All we know how to do is firebomb and nuke. Right. And, okay. And destroy. And, and, and sometimes <laughs> yeah. in, in human history, maybe that's the best we can do. I don't, I don't know. But we, we, we are indiscriminate. Yeah. But God 
knows his own. That's Amen. right. You know, he saves Noah and his family through the flood. That's he right. See, he saves Lot and his daughters and wife mm. from Sodom and Gomorrah. Yep. Right? He saved Adam and Eve. He saves Israel out of Egypt. <laughs> yep. He saves Adam and Eve. He even brought the faithful through the desert. Many of them fell because they didn't have, they didn't have faith. But Joshua and Caleb, they got in. Come on now. Um, you know, Come all, on, preacher. All through the judges, all through the people of Israel, he always has a remnant. He always has those who That's don't right. bow the knee to Baal. And he saves them. He protects them. Mm-hmm. So we can go through the flood. We can go through the fire. We can go right. through the destruction. God knows how to nuke a nation yes. and bring his people out a lot. Come on now. Right? Right. I mean, he, he knows how to take us down into death, strip away all the barnacles, all the cancer, mm-hmm. and then bring us back out onto the other side. He knows the way out the grave because mm-hmm. Jesus went out the grave. And, right. and, what, and <laughs> not only has he done all that, and all that is true, he saved you. That's right. Yep. He saved amen. you, and you know that right. you have the testimony of the Spirit inside you. Amen. That amens that. You're mm. free. All right. Yeah, we, we, go. So we, we, can be, we can be faithful in this. Do all yeah. of it without we can be faithful mm, in this because we know the story. That's right. If you're single, get married. If you're married, have kids, and if you have kids, go baptize them. Until next week, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politics. Do you know where you're going to be at September 9th through 11th? I do. You're going to be in Lebanon, Tennessee at the Fight, Laugh, Feast conference on the politics of sex. Okay. All right. Well, do you know why you're going to be in Lebanon, Tennessee at the politics of sex conference? I just Country music center of the world. No, no, because if we don't get God's design ordered rightly in our lives, you know, male, female, family, culture, marriage, you know, the the politics of sex, what we're talking about. If we don't get this right. Well, we're going to get what we got right here, right now, in this culture, which is hell-bent on destroying itself. Yeah, you know right. why else you're going to go? Why? Vody's going to be there. Hey! David Bonson, Pastor Doug Wilson. Yes. You guys going to be there? I'm going to yes. be there. Uncle Gary's going to be there. C.R. Wiley's going to be there. Ben Merkel's going to be there. Everybody, she That's more than Fab Five. <laughs> We got SWAT talks all day Saturday. I mean, everybody from the Fight Life East Network is going to be there. Oh, and I'm looking forward to the psalm singing, the ruckus psalm singing, and the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. Whoa. No? We're not doing that? No, no. We're not not doing that? Next conference. Go to flfnetwork.com, click on events, and register now. There's also a link down in the show notes. Just go down there, scroll down, find it. It's right around there somewhere. What if we have a translator for the tongues? No! 